They've been known as the Garlic Girls. Apparently, they don't really like that term. Team Kim became superstars beyond even sport at this year's Winter Olympics. Not only winning a first Olympic medal in curling for South Korea it was silver, but also showing teamwork, personality, resilience, many of the traits that we like to be associated with. And there was some. Of the spotlight, also on their Canadian coach, who helped them along the way since 2016, who said, "We know we're a strong team. Other teams here know we're a strong team. Only people who didn't know us are the ones surprised." Well, a lot of people weren't fans of curling before the games. Let's see if they can maintain the passion. Peter Gallant, head coach for South Korea's women's curling team. Good morning to you. Good morning. And we recently had the privilege of speaking to your counterpart from the mixed doubles team, and we were talking a lot about you. So it's great to have your voice now also on the air. Um, so congratulations! Did, I know Thank you said, you, I, yeah, you, you knew you were strong. Did you know that you were mm, silver medal strong? Um, well, I mean, until you get out there and start playing, you're never really sure what's going to happen happen in the game of curling. Uh, going into the tournament, I really felt confident we could be top four, which would put us in a semifinal match. And that's kind of where we placed ourselves. And then it comes down to executing in that match. So uh, at the end of the day, I'm not shocked that we won a silver, but I'm tremendously happy with it. One of the so uh, interesting features of this story is that the girls themselves were reportedly not able to track their progress on social media. So we're not really fully aware of what stars they were going into that final. Uh, how true was that? Were they really not familiar with, with what was going on? Well, it's true that uh, that as a team, we, we get off social media for the entire duration of the Olympics, and we felt there's just too much distraction. And, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of positive stuff written, obviously, but it doesn't take much negative to really get your head spinning. So we felt it was best to stay off social media. I think they realized in the arena itself, uh, after games, how popular they were becoming. There were so many signs with their names on it, and they were chanting, chanting their names. And, uh, you know, even around Athletes Village, there's a lot of volunteers wanted their picture taken with them. So they were getting a little bit of a glimpse of uh, how big a stars they were about to become, I think. When I was watching the South Korea-Japan match and, and I was seeing the Japanese women's foreign coach speaking in English and then, you know, having to have some help with translation. H- how challenging is it for foreign coaches to come in and and actually bond with curling teams when you're, you know, trying to offer that expertise but not in their native language? Uh, it's, it's not easy. I think uh, it takes time and I know in the past, for example, this team of mine uh, would bring in a coach or a team from Canada, for example, for a week or so, and, uh, you know, just to learn more about the game. And I think that was very difficult. Uh, I think it, it takes time to build that bond and the trust. I was lucky enough to spend three seasons there, so at the end of it, the team really would, would you know, there's no trouble with them buying into what we talked about. And uh, But it, it is tough sometimes when you go for a one-minute timeout and you're trying to, uh, go through what what the suggestions are, what the possibilities are, and it has to be translated to make sure they're getting it correct. And the time flies by really fast sometimes. So it certainly has its challenges, but we managed to work our way through it. And the bond was clear after that final match with Sweden when 
you were publicly giving that big hug to Kim and Jung, the leader of the team who was in tears. What did you say to comfort her? Well, I know how much, uh, you know, when a gold medal's on the line, obviously there was some disappointment, and and I think everybody on the team knew that that wasn't our best performance. We, we you know, we didn't execute as well as we had all week, and we're playing against a team that was just relentless, and they were, you know, they almost like they weren't going to be denied, uh, the Swedish team. Um, I mean, with my skip, I, she basically said sorry to me, you know, for losing. <laughs> and... uh you know, I said, you don't have to be sorry for anything. You've won a silver medal for your country. You should be proud. So um, it was a touching moment for me. And, uh, and you know, I know how much, how disappointed she was in not being able to, to, to you know, win that ultimate match. And as you call her, your skip, um, she's the on-ice leader of the team. How much balance is there between your guidance and her calling the shots during games? Uh, it's all her. I mean, she, she's got total control out there and, um, you know, her teammates are there to help her with decisions when, when it gets tough. But, um, you know, we've, we've, like I said earlier, we built up a trust and we've talked about strategy for three years now. And that's, that's the part of the game where they've improved the most and become a, a world-class team. Um, three years ago, they were talented and had the technical abilities, but, um, you know their their tactics and their strategy were, were weak. So um, she she plays a game now and calls a game that I'm very confident with, and she's confident with, and she knows she gets good results when when they uh, play a certain strategy. So um, yeah, she's she's the leader out there, and I was really proud of the way uh, way she called the game and skipped the game. How do you think she and her teammates, but particularly her, because her face is the one that's become absolutely synonymous with this olympic journey how, how can she cope with that going forward and and what are your hopes for her and her teammates at the next winter olympics for example well i, I don't know what their future has in store for them i know for the time being they're they're very famous and i'm hoping for their sake that they they get an agent or a manager somebody that can that can look after them because i feel there's there's probably going to be a lot of requests and a lot of opportunity there for them too to uh to, to do something with with this win and but as far as on ice i, I don't know my contract uh, expires today with the team so i'm, I'm finished with the team um, and there's no extension or anything so um, I, I don't really know what their plans are for the future to be honest with you would you be open to signing another contract in the future though having enjoyed such success this time around uh i would have to give it a lot of consideration but uh you know, there'd have to be a lot of things that would have to change, too. So um, there's a lot of uh, organizational issues there with, with the Curling Federation and the organization. So, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I might, but, it, it you know, I'd have to think about it. It kind of papers over the cracks, doesn't it, when you enjoy such success? Because when you go two months before the Olympics, I understand you wrote a letter to the Career Curling Association saying conditions had not been adequate for practice having to spend so much time traveling having to deal with less than adequate conditions at venues themselves yeah that was a major issue for us um we were in our small town of uisong um there's a curling facility there that's uh, second to none it's beautiful ice conditions 
Uh, it's very close to where the girls sleep and live, and uh, it was the ideal place to practice. But for some reason, there's policy there that dictates that you have to practice in certain facilities. Uh, and the Korean Curling Federation uh, mandates that. So we weren't able to practice where we felt we could benefit the most and where we could prepare best the best for the Olympic Games. So we ended up being in staying at the old uh, National Training Center in Seoul and having to commute to Ichan to play in poor ice conditions for a period of time. And uh, it, it wasn't serving us any, any good. Like, uh, it was, we were really wasting our time. And that isn't what we wanted to be doing at that point in time. We wanted to be practicing on good ice and good conditions so we could simulate the conditions that we'd find in, uh, in Gangneung. So that was really disappointing. It seemed to be an uphill battle all the time, um, trying to do the things that was best for the players instead of trying to do things that were in, in old policy. But in conclusion, will this still be right up there with your coaching achievements, do you think, in years to come when you look back? Um, will that gloss over the, the disappointment of the preparations? Oh, no. I, I think that at the end of the day, the girls performed as best as we could expect them to perform. I mean, um, if we played that game again uh, next week, you know, maybe we could beat Sweden. But if you played it all again next week, we might not even make the playoffs. It's such a tough field. And there's so many good teams. So uh, winning a silver medal is a fantastic achievement for this team. And, and I'll never forget it. And it's something that I'll cherish for the rest of my life. I know that just being a part of it, even though the coaches don't don't get one of those medals to, to take home. Um, it's still a huge thrill to see the girls accomplish uh, what they did and uh, to see the excitement and the, you know the, just the satisfaction of achieving that. Um, seeing them do that is, is quite a reward for me. Peter Gallant, head coach for Team Kim, South Korean women's curling team. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for calling. I appreciate it.